Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hey, praise God, champion. Jesus is the Lord. You know that I've been saying this for years. You and I walk by faith and not by sight, and we see the invisible, and that is why we're able to do the impossible. And all of it's done in this powerful name, the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. Now think about that. Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the Savior, Jesus is Lord. You know, today we'll be ministering on Jesus is. As I got studying and meditating on this uh, and doing my, my research on what we're discussing today, I began to, to, to understand something about that. We don't hear a lot of preaching today specifically on the name of Jesus. I mean, it's just, it's the most powerful name there is. Most, it is redemptive. It's, it's health and healing. It is a name that brings prosperity in every level, peace of mind, peace of the heart, physical well-being. It is the greatest name that there is. And yet, in that specific title of that name, very few ministers are preaching on Very few people talking about the name. They'll say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm blessed. In Jesus' name, I have prosperity. But stop. In Jesus' name, right there. That is the, the key. And today, we don't hear much a preaching or teaching, administering, talking one another about this glorious, wonderful name. Now, I don't know if that surprises you, and it did surprise me when I began to do my research. As I began to study all my library in my, in my tablet here, you know, with the capability of the technology today, with, with, uh, with almost 600 books that I have now downloaded into my iPad, and then all my, sh- my books in my library, it can't, you can't get here. I mean, I've got thousands of books. And it was interesting to note how many books actually contained the wonderful name of Jesus. But today, got good news here. We're going to talk about that. I believe that as, as we get closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as we draw nearer and nearer and nearer to that glorious return, the trumpet's going to sound, and I believe this, we're going to defeat gravity, and we're going to move into the eastern sky, man, and we're going to be with Him forever in the air. Isn't that going to be powerful? But I believe that we've got to walk in the fullness of the authority that is God has given to us, and all of it's backed by that name. So let's get into this today. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the words of life you've given me. I thank you for the words of faith and encouragement that I will deliver this day by the Spirit of the living God. I thank you that you strengthened me to strengthen them. That you've, in, that you've given me revelation that I may impart information to them. And then as they study to show themselves approved, revelation comes to them. I'm thankful that Holy Spirit, the greatest teacher there is, Thank you for administering life and godliness through me. In Jesus' name, praise God. Well, once again, I want to say to you, this is my Bible. Now, out of this proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have. I can go where my Bible said I can go. And I can do everything that my Bible says I can do. So if my Bible said I can do it, I'm supposed to do it. i got to know my Bible to know what it's doing. Now, also... If the Bible doesn't say do that, then I'm not supposed to do those things. So it's just that obvious. But there's more things that the Scripture gives us to do that if I do what the Bible says, I won't do the wrong things. I'll stick with the right things. 
so many right things to do. Man, that's the fun and the glory of this whole thing. Uh, let me start off with it. Um, this was not in my initial notations that I wanted to give out. But in Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church. Wrote, I was meditating on this right before we started this. In Romans chapter 10, I wanted to just throw this in here. Verse 8 says, well, what saith it? The Apostle Paul, writing to the church of Rome and writing to the, 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 uh, the born-again believer, they weren't talking to the world. <coughs> Excuse me. He wasn't talking to the unsaved. He wasn't talking to the, to the soldiers at this moment. He was talking to those who had come out of the world, who had come out of uh, uh, Judaism, who had come out of, out of the bondage of, of false gods and come out, and then they joined what we know as the body of Christ. He's addressing them, and he says, but what saith it? The word, the word, this word is nigh you even in your mouth and in thine heart. The word is nigh you and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, it is my responsibility and it is your responsibility, but as your pastor, as a minister of the gospel, I'm supposed to preach a gospel of love based on scripture, not a gospel of opinion, not a gospel of I think based on the, on the polls that have been taken. I preach the gospel based on what God said. That produces faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I preach, if you preach, if we preach the gospel, then faith will be added to somebody and they'll grow in Christ. Listen to what it said. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Now watch this. How does a person get to the place of confessing the Lord Jesus? It's by preaching the word of faith. So it is by faith that we say, Jesus, you're Lord. Jesus, you're the Savior of my life. Lordship and salvation are two different things, yet they go hand in hand. Salvation is how we start and then we engage in the Lordship. Stick with me as we deal with the subject of Jesus is, because it is so powerful. I'm saved, thank God for it, but I follow my Lord. In order for me to follow Him, I had to be first be saved. Now watch this. And if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So I got to believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, died on the cross, that he rose again from the dead, and that he ascended up into heaven. And when Jesus died on the cross and then rose again, and I believe that on the inside of me, and it gets so much in my heart and out of my mouth, guess what happens to me? I get saved. You get saved. This is... How salvation is brought about. Isn't that good news? Can you recall the moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Listen, I'm not talking about churchism. I'm not talking about the denomination you went to. I'm not talking about whether how many times you attended church when you were a little kid. Do you remember the time that somebody preached the gospel to you? Somebody told you how good God was and all you needed to do was make a simple prayer that would be so powerful it would eradicate every sin. It would eradicate every level of separation from God and bring you to the fact that God would no longer just be God, but to you, He would be Father. And all of it was through one man, Jesus. Oh, man, think about that. You, you got to get that on the inside and then never, ever lose the joy of that salvation. 
And then he said, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I got to believe in my heart, confess with your, my mouth, salvation then occurs. For the scripture saith, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Hey, listen, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of who he is. I'm not ashamed to be called a Christian. I'm not ashamed to be, to be able to boldly say, I've been washed in the blood. I'm not ashamed to say that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. I'm not ashamed that Jesus is Savior, Lord, Healer, Deliverer, and that Jesus is with me. I'm not ashamed that He's my chief shepherd. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm, not, I'm never going to bow my knee to a man when I bowed my knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord, and every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And whoever I bow my knee to has lordship over my life. And there's only one in my life that's lord over me, and that's Jesus Christ. And so, once again, I want to say this, that there's, the reason that this message is so powerful today is this. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. The song says there's wonder-working power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It goes down to the lowest valleys. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. Salvation is accompanied by healing. It's accompanied by all total deliverance. There is provided for it a God-given authority that you and I walk in. And that authority overrides every, every fleshly desire. It overcomes our past hurts and dimension. It causes us to stop hating and start engaging in biblical walking in love. The greatest definition of God in Scripture is love. The greatest definition of love in Scripture is God. God is love. Greatest definition. God has faith, delivers faith, but God is not faith. He delivers faith. He's a God of faith, but He is love. All his essence, everything about him is love. Right now, God loves you. That's why you have salvation, because God loves you. You can't change that love. You can't alter how much God loves you, because God loved you before you did anything right and before you did anything wrong. Before you believed in him, before you knew of him and his capacity to what you know him now, he loved you. His love doesn't change. What happens is we grow up in him in this love and the more we walk in him, the more we get to see a glimpse of how great and awesome God is. It is the name of Jesus that we submit to. It's the name of Jesus that we yield to. It's the name of Jesus that since the day I engaged in this relationship with the Most High God that has carried me to this day. It's that same name that will carry me until either the rapture takes place and, we do, and we, uh, we're caught up in the air or I lay this body down. Nonetheless, that name is still with me. I have been branded on my inner man, the spirit man, with that name. Champions, let me tell you something. Listen to me. You, those of you that I refer to as champions, you're winners. you overcomers. I'm talking to you. There are two vital principles about the name of Jesus that you've got to know. This is why it's so important that uh, Jesus is your Savior. You've got to know this. The name of Jesus in salvation provides you these two vital principles. I know there's so many things we can discuss, but listen to this. Number one is power. 
That's right, power. Number two is authority. Authority, get that. Power and authority. And you say, well, I thought power was authority. Power is the dunamis ability. It's the, it's the innate, internalized power of God to tell your flesh, I'm not going to do this. See, when you get saved, you got to deal with you. When you got born again, when you got saved, as we call it, saved, our, our spirit man came alive unto God. And when your spirit man became alive unto God, you still had those old thoughts. You know, oftentimes when a person buys a home and they go to renovate the house, uh, they start and they look at it and say, we got to take it up and do this. We're going to repaint it. We're going to remove this, add this kind of wood, this kind of carpet. We're going to do stuff. Well, when God moved in with you, the thing, number one thing he had to renovate was your mind. That's your attic up here. He had to change our way we thought. Now, for me, talking to me personally, I don't know whether you identify with this or not, but I believe that most of us do, not calling anybody's name, but stating with this, most of us had what we call stinking thinking. Our thought life was wrong. It was bad. And because of it, we gave in to the impulse of our thoughts, and we did things that were contrary to the nature of God. We did things that weren't favorable. We did things that weren't right and just. We did things that mocked other people. We did things that we, we, we regret now, but we did it back then. Why? Our thought life needed to be removed. It needed to be adjusted. It needed to be renewed. But we could not do it without having a supernatural nature, and we got that when we got born again. So we need it rooted down on, in the deep in truth is this area, and we got to focus on this, and that is these two vital principles. And once again, I want to say them to you. It is the principle of power and it's the principle of authority. Now, and we have power and we have authority in this. How do I put this without, because the English language really can't define it. It is wonderful, glorious. It is beyond imagination. Our, no matter what we think about it, he does exceedingly abundantly above all that you and I could ever ask or ever think. This is all part of the mighty, glorious, power-packed nature in the name of Jesus. There is no greater name than the name of Jesus among men. That name can change everything. You know, the Bible said that even demons tremble at the sound of that name. And the only way they could do that is hearing you and I say it. We've got to say that name of Jesus. We don't chase devils. But if they come around and we're saying the name of Jesus, they can't stay. Fear can't stay. Animosity can't stay. Worry can't stay. Hatred can't stay. Uh, you've got all of this kind of uh, drunkenness and, and all this kind of immoralities. They can't stay. Not where the name of Jesus is truly proclaimed and lived. That name is superior to any action, to any attitude, to any fleshly movement, the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 22, verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Wow, think about that. For unto you is born uh, this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior was born. And let's get, just let's get, uh, I understand the, the technical end of this. We need to, but understand this. A Savior came into this world. 
There had never been anybody like this. We had some powerful prophets. We had some wonderful men and women of God who heard from God and changed the level of life that people were in. From You got from Abram and Sarai, and when their names were changed, to Abraham and Sarah, when their names were changed. Joshua, when you have him in my household, we'll serve the Lord. When you have Caleb that withstood. When you have David and Daniel and all these individuals, Joseph... Hannah, you have Ruth, Naomi, Esther, all these women of God, all these powerful people of the Old Testament that served God diligently with the knowledge they had. How powerful they were. But none of them were a savior. Not one. When John came on the scene, and we know him as John the Baptist, but he started baptizing. And when he did this, he said, there's one coming that is greater than me. Oh, man, think about that. Then he surrendered his ministry when Jesus came on the scene. And Jesus said, it's necessary that you baptize me. And when he did, the skies opened up. And uh, it was as though a dove descended upon him. And a voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, man, that was the Savior that was coming on the scene. The Savior shall be born to you. Yes, it happened in this city. Yes, it occurred to Mary. Yes, with Joseph. But catch this. He was born as a man so that he could save us as men and women. We are without excuse, the Roman says, in our hour that we're in. We don't have an excuse not to have a Savior except for we reject what Jesus did. Please don't reject him. Please don't walk away. Please, we're pleading with you. You need Jesus Christ in your life. There's only one way. There's only one life, and that is the life of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a God like in the world to serve any God. No, the separation of this is Jesus Christ is the defining factor. He is the defining name. There are many names in this world, but only one can bring you to the Most High God. That name is Jesus Christ. I don't apologize for saying that. But listen, I've been around the world. I haven't been with like a lot of people. But I've been to several nations where they worship different gods. And those gods haven't helped them. Those gods didn't feed them. Those gods didn't cure them. They died in sin. Those gods couldn't do it. And I came and we came and preacher after preacher and preacher came to different lands and preached about a man by the name of Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, walked in Nazareth. He was a Galilean, came out of Egypt. He was Jesus Christ. He not only was born a virgin, but he died. And then he just didn't die. He rose again from the dead. Every other God that every other nation that I preached at, their God was dead. Their God never did one thing for them. Their God never shed his blood for them. But I have good news for you. I have a God who did that. For God so loved you, for God so loved me, for God so loved this world, he gave his only begotten son. I know you heard that verse. Please don't treat it as so, as so nonchalant. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should perish, whoever believes it will never perish, but have everlasting life. Life that's everlasting. In what? In the glorious name of Jesus Christ. The Hebrew word for the word salvation, ladies and gentlemen, has two meanings to it. I want to give you these two. There's several of them, but I want to major on these two in the time that I have. The, the root word in this is Y-E-S-H-A, Yeshua. And the other is Yeshua. Yeshua we hear quite a bit. The difference between the two is, is so important, vastly 
important for us to understand. One, one Yeshua, deals with the attributes of the Savior. In other words, what salvation has provided for us. While Yeshua deals with the person of salvation, the Savior. So the Savior is the one who gives us salvation. If you go to a car dealer, the car dealer has the availability of vehicles. But when you get the car and you drive away, that is the benefit. You're driving in the vehicle. The car dealer is the one who sells you the vehicle or provides you with the vehicle. The benefits of, uh, of salvation are, is what we've got to know, but we will never fully walk in the power and the authority without understanding the person of who the Savior is. That's where I believe a lot of Christians are missing it. Here's what they say. I believe in the name of Jesus. I will receive this car. I will receive a new job. I'm going to receive my healing. And they bypass the person who already provided for you. And they started out with him. In the name. Stop. Oh, in the name of Jesus. How dare we rush past that name and then call out a need. Call out something we want. Stop. Meditate. Salah. That's what it means. Pause for just a moment. What a name. What a glorious name. What a wonderful name. What a power-packed name. There is no greater name. You know that if you say, hey, I, I, I believe in God, you're not going to get much opposition in the world. But if you stop people say, I believe in Jesus Christ, what do you believe? You're going to get an argument from some. From others, they're going to say, well... I don't believe in just one God. I believe in a bunch of gods. Or I am God. Or my money's God. My job's God. Uh, my talent's God. I don't need that. That's for weak people. And you know, the weak, let the weak say I'm strong. I'm not saying that I wasn't weak when I met Jesus Christ. But in my own strength, it wasn't sufficient enough. You can't meet the most high God on your own strength. You need somebody who introduces you. And that introduction came when Jesus died, rose again from the dead from the dead and then ascended up into heaven turned us when he sat down he looked over father i did the job anybody who calls on my name they're now your child man think about it so when i got born again jesus pretty much said there's father look at there's art right there he's clean everything he did is wiped away he's our child man that's powerful joshua yeah so the names joshua and jesus are established through the the level of what what occurs now watch this Yeshua signifies the acts provided uh, through His name. The acts provided through His name. There are things that we have been provided through the name of Jesus. We should know who He is. Now, if we know who He is, then our identity begins to surface. Our identity becomes clearer to us. We get clarity. And when that happens, it causes us to stand strong in our identity because we know his identity. So when Satan comes to you and says, I know you, I know what you used to do when you were 18 years old, when you were 14 years old, when you were 30 years old, I know what you used to do. And we say, well, yeah, but that's true. However, I've been washed in the blood. And if you don't like the fact that I'm clean, take it up with the Most High God because he's the one that cleaned me and my sins have been thrown as far as east is from the west and they're not held to my account. So if you want to deal with me, go to the Most High God. He's the one that said, I have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, because of Jesus, we now possess 
Freedom. This is what this Yeshia means. Freedom from anything that blocks you from what God has. Anything that restricts you from walking in God's best. Anything that would bind you up, whether it be emotionally, whether it's pain, hurts, regardless of what. Listen, there isn't one person on this planet that may have not been hurt or actually hurt somebody else. I understand that. Life isn't easy. Man, you live long enough, it gets rough. It'll put some, it'll put some things on you, man. Your, your flesh, your body. Men go through things. Women go through things. Couples go through things. Children go through things. We all go through things. And sometimes we grow up with those. And Jesus Christ, only He, knows how to comfort you and minister to you, get those out. It is initiated by an authoritative command. Every benefit is initiated by an authoritative command of deliverance. You're free. When God spoke to Jesus and, uh, and told him to go to the garden and he prayed, he sweat tears of blood. On the cross, Jesus, we don't really know to what extent, but we know that he said these words, it is finished. I have no idea to what strength he had in his body when he said it. I don't know if it was so shallow that you could barely hear him say it or whether it was loud enough that it shook the ground. But however, he said, it's finished. When you got born again, you have to be able to say, it's finished. My whole life is over. Look at me. I'm born again. Look at me. I'm a child of the Most High God. Don't bring me my past. My past is over. My past could not last. The blood of Jesus is against my past. It's against every demonic force. And Jesus Christ is Lord. Acts 4.2 says this. There is salvation in no, other, no one else. There is no other name under heaven, under heaven given among men by which he must be saved. It didn't say it's a suggestion. It said you must be saved. If you're listening to me, you must be saved. And then if you said I was saved, then you must stay saved. And your salvation should grow. It should never get weak. You don't vacation from your salvation. You cannot retire from your salvation. You can't, get, you can't get old enough. Salvation quits. God never gave you a rocking chair with power and authority. God has given you power and authority. As long as you're on this earth, power and authority resides on the inside. Don't retire. Refire. Get rekindled. I'm born of the Spirit of Almighty God in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm recalling the time that I was in in Korea, and I went with Dr. Lester Summerall. I was invited by, at that time, my spiritual father, Dr. Lester, uh, Dr. Dufresne, Ed Dufresne. And we were in with uh, several other wonderful ministers there in the Philippine Islands. We went to Dr. Cho's church there in Korea, South Korea. And while we were there, oh, the thousands upon thousands of people that were there. At that time, they had close to 500,000 members. I think they're over a million now in that one church. We walked in and they had sections with people with headphones and they were hearing their own, their, their translators were speaking the gospel. And he, Dr. Cho was celebrating individuals. And one of the people, I'll never forget it, that he celebrated in that church was a woman in her 80s. She was in her 80s and she, and, and if you ever went to any of these countries, China, Japan, Korea, their, their apartment complexes are, are almost like 30 stories and multiple, multiple units connected to it. And she was, she was, she was retired, and she, and, and she was a widow woman. And I'm not talking about little, I'm saying widow. She didn't have a husband. And this woman 
What she did after she had breakfast, she would get in the elevator. And she lived on the, up on the top level, and she would ride that elevator up and down uh, uh, for hours and preach the gospel to people. And when they asked her, uh, they asked, how many people have come to this church because of this woman? There was close to 8,000 to 10,000 people that raised their hands in the services. One woman, 80 years old, had won over 8,000 people to Christ. In her 80s, she hadn't retired. She may not have had a, a natural job, but she had a job for God. When you get, when you get, as you get older in season, you don't quit. You, know, you don't quit. You get fired up. There's no other name by which men must be saved. And if you say, I am saved, then stay saved. Stay illuminated. Stay with revelation. Stay excited. Because Jesus is Lord. Jesus is your Savior. Jesus has provided with you every benefit, every joy that's unspeakable, every peace that passes understanding, every hope which becomes your anchor, every health and healing, every deliverance to every pain. He has provided every need. You are not in lack. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed ever breaking bread. The name of Jesus is what backs every benefit and causes you to be delivered right now. You don't need deliverance once you're saved. You just stay delivered once you're saved. God is good. We need to clarify this identity in, identity in the name. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is. Jesus is. Jesus is. I am that I am, he said. Jesus is. What a great name. Jesus is. He's everything to you. He is the great bread of life. He is the joy of your salvation. He's the door to door. He is the shepherd. He's the healer. He's the Holy Ghost baptizer. Jesus is. And I'm through for this evening. Please join me next Wednesday as we continue with this particular subject. I'm so excited about it. I can't uh, wait until next week. I have to, but I don't want to. But I have to wait till next week to complete this service. Jesus is Savior. If you've never made If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.